Are you ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Relationships Rule. My guest this week is Danielle Hughes. And Danielle and I met actually through um, a book that we were both in. It was called More Than a Few Words, which was actually very similar to um, the name of uh, Danielle's company. So not to be not to be um, confused with more than more than words marketing, because I got confused because I didn't pay attention the first time. Bringing more of you to work, and so um, we met. Because of that common bond being in the same book, and then we reached out, she reached out first, which is she was quicker than me on uh, LinkedIn to connect. And I loved what I saw about Danielle. I loved her, her whole vibe, her personality, her sense of humor. And I thought, yes, we have to talk. And, and we did. And we are. And now she's on my podcast. So welcome to the show, Danielle. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, it's funny that you mentioned like the quickness. I have a friend who is like, you operate at a speed like nobody I've ever seen. Like <laughs> everything I do is fast for better or for worse. So um, it's just, it's just, if I don't do it, it won't get done. Yeah. So I'm a, like the minute it's in my head, it's, I have to do it. I have to take action. And that is much appreciated, actually, because it's funny, I had this incident just the opposite of that today. Um, I met a young woman at a networking, a live networking event. I don't do those very often, a couple of weeks ago. And I said, you know, there's someone I should introduce you to. And she said, I told her about her and she said, that would be awesome. And I said, great, I'll talk to her first. I always want to make sure that my um, community is, is protected. And so I have to ask first. And so that took me a few days. And then I forgot about it. And so then it was in my head, but then it went away. And of course, just remembered this morning, her card was sitting on my desk. I started the email introduction. And as I'm typing it, she phoned me. So funny. I know. And I know. Yeah, I knew why she was calling. And of course, I was all apologetic, but I was doing it right then. So it was so weird. Anyway, yes, people appreciate it when you follow through and do what you say you're going to do. And I, that is usually me, but lately I've been a bit forgetful. So I won't that's not, I mean, not to get off topic, but I don't think that has anything to do with follow through, right? Your intentions are there and you'll probably True. remember at some point. I will. Right? But we put these expectations on ourselves of, I have to do this in a certain amount of time. And typically most people are not so concerned about the time frame yeah, that we but- think we need. But I think it's part of my reputation that is at stake because okay. I am the person that says, you know, do follow up when you meet somebody new. And if you do it, you have to take that initiative because nobody else does. So you want to stand out from the crowd a little bit. That's mm-hmm. what you do. So it is partly my thing to do that. Now, that brings me to your thing, which is genuine personality brand. So we, I've had branding people on my show before people who talk about branding yourself but you have this specific thing that I absolutely love you you call yourself a chief personality officer and tell me about 
what you mean. Tell my audience what you mean about personality branding, because I love it. Thank you. Uh, Yeah. So, you know, I think the idea of personal branding as a concept is relatively new, right? Past decade. I think we can probably attribute it to Instagram. And then, you know, when Instagram came out, all of a sudden, everybody was an influencer and everybody became a brand and a commodity. And for a lot of people, that is a lot to share with the world, right? This idea of personal brand and putting everything about you. You know, at first it started out, we were all just like posting our food pictures and things like that. And then Instagram was all about like beautiful sunsets and travel. And then it became bearing your soul and your heart and like, you know, ripping open your chest for the whole world to see. And even for extroverts, um, of which I am one, it still felt very intrusive and very invasive. And I can only imagine then for a lot of my clients who most are more introverted, how do I reconcile this? How do I reconcile this idea that I need to put something of myself out there, but I'm not comfortable with all of it? And, you know, I had this idea because personal means private. So why are we sharing everything? It's not natural. It's not necessary, but our personality is who we are Mm -hmm. and it's always on display and we are dialing it up and dialing it down depending on who we're talking to and who we're interacting with. Mm -hmm. So this concept of personality branding puts you in the driver's seat and makes you have control over what part of yourself you want to put out there in the world as a business owner to connect with your potential audience. And the goal is you want to be attracting the right people, but we want to be repelling the wrong people, right? Because we're not for everybody. We can't be for everybody. And I want your message should be doing the vetting for you so that only the right people that are responding to your message are going to reach out. Right. Which makes perfect sense to me. Now I want to clarify a couple of things. One, I hate Instagram. (laughs) So (laughs) I would just tell you that I am one of those people that I don't think any of it's real. And so that's not my, okay. okay? However, I totally understood your explanation in that that is where people, um, because it was so visual, right? Because it's more visual than anything else. I mean, for me, Um, I always tell my clients, you know, where are your, where's your audience and where do you feel most comfortable? Yes. As much as I hate it, I, I guess I'm more comfortable on Facebook than I am on Instagram, but I'm most comfortable on LinkedIn. And so that's what, you know, that's my home. However, I take what you say really, um, that it really works even in, in small doses on in because it allows people to see a little bit of you number one you notice if they pay attention to those little things like Mm -hmm. the little thing about that um danielle has about payments accepted in bottles of wine tells (laughs) a lot about danielle and her personality and that's what hooked me into oh i like this girl already because i liked her sense of humor and that was just one little statement on her he- at the end of her headline. I encourage my clients to um, put things in their about section hidden near the bottom or a specialty keyword piece that is not business related, that gives us a little inkling into who you are. And then if you, the person I'm training, then sees that on somebody's profile, that's where you start a conversation. You find that common bond quickly. 
usually more through the non-work things than the work things. So yes, yeah. So I think on any platform, it can work, but have its own way of, of, of working. Yes. Yeah. And you, you totally just hit the nail on the head because this is not just about Instagram. This I know, is I know. right. No, no, I think that, but I think it's, it's a good segue because LinkedIn, you know, a lot of people are now complaining that LinkedIn is like Facebook and that people yes. are being yeah. too overly personal yeah. again. Yeah. I think it's up to the person. And I will tell you that I've had more conversations in the past couple of weeks with people who've told me that when they've been a little bit more personal or vulnerable on LinkedIn, that post has significantly outperformed anything else that they've shared. I know. And there's, there's, there's no rhyme or reason really. Anyway, who, like, who are these algorithm people, you know, it's just, yeah, I think the rhyme or reason is those posts are more engaging and more interesting. Like you said, it's, Nobody cares about what you do professionally. The skill set is already assumed. They yeah. want to know who you are as a person. So I know you talk about like having your clients put something in the end. I do too, but I also encourage my clients to think about how does what you like to do outside of work actually impact the way you think about your job? Of course. Yeah. Right. And then infusing yeah. that throughout because people want to know how you think as well as what you like to do. And you know, I think it's, I think I tried to find this to show you before when we were first talking, but it's mm-hmm. not on LinkedIn anymore. But my daughter is a perfect example of yes. when she first wrote her LinkedIn uh, about section. Um, you could sense her style and her personality and her sense of humor through it because she likes to write and she's a good writer. And Mm. and it totally did exactly that in a LinkedIn way. And it was great. Um, There was something I was going to say. Oh, I just read your post actually. um, And I read it in your newsletter. Talk about, um, you know, multi-purposing things (laughs) about your, uh, your treat really with your sister and your nieces. Yes. About going to see Taylor Swift. Yes. That post on LinkedIn got huge um, traction. It had, I think, uh, I'm just going to see because it had 62 likes, 43 comments. 43 comments is is pretty darn good. And four reposts, right? And it's like, it's over 6,000 impressions or something. Like, whatever. I can't see that. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and there's a couple of things. So one, I think, of course, you know, I got tickets to see Taylor Swift, which is a huge hot topic right now. And everybody wants to talk about it. Yeah. But I was also very fortunate that LinkedIn profiled that piece as part of a roundup of other people who also talked about Taylor oh, Swift. And that's cool. So I got an additional bump from being included in that. Yeah. Um, and I was, I was like partially excited and bummed at the same time. Cause here I am thinking I'm the only person that's, you know, yeah. talking about Taylor Swift and branding when everybody's talking about Taylor yeah, Swift. But just so you know, um, people like me, I only saw yours. Right. So, I mean, they're not going to see it unless you're as a lot of people aren't sure. going to, unless they get um, your version as part of that. And be glad because you write well and it was, it yeah. was, it was well done. And I love that. So you talk about um, teaching people how to write their about um, page on their website. Now, just clarify for me, because I want to do a segue here, but clarify Mm -hmm. when people write their about page on their website, do you normally write that in third person? Never. Okay. So you write that never. (laughs) 
Okay. Well, because there are a lot of people's about pages on their website are in third person. I know. And the same thing with LinkedIn. And it it should always be first person. The only time you can do third person on your website is if for any reason, you know, you have a huge company and you are talking, you know, everybody's got a third person bio because you're just talking about so many people. But if you're a solopreneur or a micro business owner, or, you know, it has to be first person. That's, you're starting a conversation with your audience. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that because um, I I know that on LinkedIn, I teach the same thing in the about section. It's not like your resume, it is first person, but I'm never sure whether everybody has their um, about section on their website uh, that way. So- they should. Yeah, the I agree. Resume too. Resume should also be first person, right? These rules about really? like, these tr- yes, you're not talking about truncated sentences anymore. You don't want to not have pronouns. You know, people are who just like put like seasoned executive with blah, blah, blah. Like that doesn't help you stand out. Yeah, no, I hate you know? that. So again, like addressing your audience as if you're talking to them is always going to be much more beneficial. Ah, okay. Now I've got to go back and look at everything. Okay. (laughs) Everything should be first person. Everything. Okay. So you talk about three things to focus on, on your about page, on your about, yeah, on your about page. Would you share that with us? Sure. Um, I mean, essentially it's uh, authenticity, clarity, and extracurriculars. So I say that that's how you ace your personality brand. Right. So obviously the authenticity piece is yeah. you putting a little bit more of yourself into your message. The clarity piece is focusing on a brand positioning statement. So something yeah. that talks about who you are, who you serve, what you do, and what your audience is going to get when they work with you. And then the last piece is the extracurriculars, right? Or the fun stuff. Like how does adding a little bit of what you like to do create that connection with the audience? Do you have, could, does anything come to mind for you of um, someone that you worked with where you got into this or you wrote it with them or for them and um, and you, it was like, I don't think I should put that there or was there any fun stories that you can share without names? I mean, it's always a conversation with a client about what they should include. Yeah. It's funny, I talked to someone earlier who's a potential client I did a presentation that she saw and she was, she sent me a note saying, I just worked with a branding coach who told me to take anything personal off of my LinkedIn. And she's like, and then I saw your presentation and she's like, and I just knew that that wasn't right. Cause how am I standing out if I take everything away? So she, and, but also, you know, we had the conversation of like, something just happened to her personally. And I was like, you may not want to reference that. But yeah. she talked about, she's like, you know, I climbed Mount Everest. And I was like, oh my God, like it's the most unbelievable. I've never met anyone personally who's yeah. climbed Mount Everest. How could you not include that? Mm-hmm. So, but it is always a conversation about what somebody should do. I had another client who um, wanted to talk about being a latchkey kid, uh-huh. which I mean, you probably know, cause you know, we're yeah, you age, know age compatriots, if you will, but Yeah. But, you know, there's a lot of people that don't know what that is. And she was concerned that if people don't know what that is, would it not mean anything? And I said, but that's actually the point. The people that will understand it are the ones that are going to be like, oh, my God, I I can't believe you use that term. I totally remember. And the ones that don't are going to be like, hey, what's a latchkey kid? Right. It doesn't matter if somebody gets it or not. Right. It's that conversation starter. 
I like that. Yeah, that's a good way of thinking of it too. And you also said, um, say that, um, you know, okay, so back, back up, Janice. So um, often when I'm teaching people on LinkedIn and I talk about, you know, that the money's in the mailbox, you mm -hmm. want to talk to people, you want to build relationships with people, you want to do it slower that way, but it's worth it because you're building um, credibility with people through no like and trust you're getting to know people but when I start with some people they don't know what to say they don't know how to start a message what to say to people and so of course I refer first of all to take a look at their profile what jumps out at you but the other thing is um uh, uh what was I going to say um what does um I, I lost my train of thought so it's okay um, it's about, um, how would you, um, you wouldn't, you're not doing LinkedIn training the like I do LinkedIn training. You do, you would maybe write something for somebody, correct? So it, I mean, I think I, we, we have some crossover. I don't consider it training per se for LinkedIn, but I do work with people to teach them how to write their own profiles with some guidelines. Yeah. And, you know, and to your point, we I talk about it a lot, like it's like a dating profile, right? If you don't give somebody something in there to respond to, they don't, there is no way to reach out because right. what are you connecting on, right? right? So right. we're trying to make it easy for people to reach out and message us. And the more clear, obviously your message is, the easier it is for you to do those outreach messages. And a lot of people I found recently, they're not even actually being thought leaders on LinkedIn or posting because their bios are not in good shape. And they're like, the minute I post, someone's going to come to my profile and they're going to see, and I'm not ready for that yet. So well, right, exactly what you do. It's like they have your LinkedIn profiles to be in order too. And then that's going to set you up to be that thought leader. You know, that's so, that's so interesting that you said that because I just noticed somebody uh, that I was talking to recently on LinkedIn um, that she or he, I can't even remember who it is right now, has just started a newsletter. And I'm like, but you don't even have your profile in order, in order, like that's a that's kind of a nightmare to do that for exactly what you just said, and um, uh, you've got to start with the first things first. And and some people think I I do believe that maybe they they love writing. They are bit oh I know who it was now I remember who it was okay <laughs> um, uh, and they are more introverted because you mentioned that too. And yes. So it's safer for them to be posting or to even do a newsletter on LinkedIn than it is to um, to reach out and talk to people, right? Mm -hmm. So, yes. yeah, so they do that thinking that, that, that that's going to work. And then they go, no, but I'm not getting anything happening on LinkedIn and, you know, I'm not getting any traction. Well, how many connections do you have? 236 and you're on a free platform and you're posting like crazy, but you're not building your, your connections, it's not going to work. Correct. So, yeah. So it's, I find it really interesting that we, we think that we're doing something and it's such a waste of time. Well, and it's also maybe what's easier, right? It is very hard. Is. And the number one thing people tell me is it's, I can do this for someone else. Why is it so hard for me to do it for myself? And talking. you know, there's so many layers there. First of all, it's where do I start? Second, it's, you got to kill your darlings 
right? Mm-hmm. Everything you've ever done in your life is no longer relevant. And so we got to sort that out. <laughs> the third piece is, you know, we have this huge record of everything we've ever done. And then how does that create a cohesive narrative? And most people don't know how to create the through line of yeah. everything that they've done and relate it to where they are and where they want to go. Yeah. It's yeah. easy right. to put out a post because I don't yeah. have to think about myself. If I'm posting, I can right. just write something. That's right. But, but to your point, then you don't have the foundation to back it up. What do you love to do best? What kind of work, what your piece of your work do you love to do the most? I'm, so now it's becoming speaking. I wonder. Yeah. And, Trina, and it didn't used to be. And it's funny okay. because when I left corporate, um, and as I like to say, I didn't leave, I was fired. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like so many accidental entrepreneurs. Yeah. I, you know, one of the reasons that I was so frustrated in that role that I had had is I, they had taken away the create the creative piece. So I was more managerial and less, unless doing the actual writing. Mm-hmm. And so when I became a freelance copywriter, I was like, this is great. I just want to write all the time. I only want to write all the things. Yeah. And then now I'm realizing I still love to write and I will always write, but I, you know, it's like the give a man a fish analogy, right? I can, you know, give you the fish or if I show you how to do it, then you're just setting yourself up. And so I love this idea of being able to help people get there on their own and figure out who they are and start to articulate that. Obviously, then it's more genuine for them. They feel part of the process. It And I just get much more passionate about talking to people and, and helping them figure this out for themselves. Well, it's not easy, though, for someone that it doesn't come easy to, right? True. Mm-hmm. And um, I interviewed a young gentleman on my podcast not long ago. He has a company and now he's a TV uh, video guy. He does oh, mm-hmm. on video. Like he mm-hmm. works with um, television companies, television show, a particular show. He's that, like a production company. Yeah. Uh, he, well, he does the backstories for a lot of the reality show. Yeah. Contestants. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So he's got that, but he also like, teaches story storytelling and um and I think that's the thing right now is you know that whole thing about stories sell facts facts tell stories sell and Mm -hmm. so when you can put something in a story concept context it's so much better that's what I struggle with or at least I tell myself that story Mm. and um uh and I think that I have to work at that because I think it makes so much sense. Yes. And I will say this is not just a people who aren't writers thing. Because I spoke to a whole group of writers a couple of weeks ago. And Ooh, all of them are writers, editors, storytellers. And one bio after the next was boring. Okay. And I, and I said to them, I said, you're all storytellers for a living. You write amazing articles why are your own bios not written that way? And it was like, you know, their heads exploded. It didn't Ah. even dawn on them that this, right? Because everybody's so used to this formulaic, I am this, I have this many years of experience, here's all my accolades. Mm -hmm. And we don't realize that that is hurting more than helping because that just makes us sound like everyone else. You know, it's the same as um, speaking, okay? When you come to speak in front of a group of people, how do you start your presentation? That's going to be also a, sim- a similar kind of thing. And I, I had uh, a guest on my podcast. He's a brilliant speaker. And he has won many accolades speaking. 
but he broke it down and 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 said things that just made so much sense about you know don't start the same way everybody else starts you know right. and you know don't then, start with a filler start dig right in you know yes ask a question yeah. throw you know throw out something else and the same thing in a networking group you yeah. get up in a networking group and you say i am so and so here is my business everybody's already tuned out but if you open up with have you ever thought about or what what would it be like or did you know yeah you're tricking i always say you want to jar people out of their stupor how do you jar them out of their stupor exactly exactly written or verbal yeah so yeah. definitely um good advice for people in my audience because a lot of them are business owners entrepreneurs um small uh entre um solopreneurs and they're doing what they're doing on LinkedIn because they're looking to grow their business. And so if it's not making somebody pay attention, it's just like everything else. I know it's, it's, yeah. oh, but you I, know, it's, it's also a new, it is a newer, you know, we talk about it as if it's a given, but there's still a relatively new concept for most people yeah. because we're, yeah. most of us used to do business in person. And so you were making connections by getting to know someone, by meeting at the water cooler, by having a drink, by going on the golf course. And all yeah. of those things are less now. So you have to think about creating the virtual golf course, water cooler, right. handshake, and what would that conversation <laughs> look like? Oh God, I just got mesmerized by the clock behind you. I okay. yeah. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, so tell me a little bit about um something I ask on LinkedIn sometimes. Tell me something that I won't find on your LinkedIn profile. Tell me something that you do when you're not working. Okay. Uh, it's funny. I was at a networking event a couple of weeks ago for all women. And the question is always, what is something Google doesn't know about you? Mm -hmm. so we're not going to talk about that there because everybody's <laughs> very, very inappropriate, <laughs> very not safe for work. Um, but something LinkedIn doesn't know about me. Um, I actually used to write screenplays oh, um, really? when I was younger. And one of my screenplays was performed um, like at a reading downtown in New York City. And then I actually filmed a short trailer for that screenplay um, and hired a whole crew and wow. never went anywhere, but yeah. a really amazing experience. And I thought I was going to be into film for a while. So that was my, like, I was dabbling. Yeah. Is it, is it time sensitive, that type of thing, or would you ever consider bringing it? I to mean, I would have to revisit it. I've obviously the screenplay has no references to anything technology because it was yeah, like or 1990 uh, or something, <laughs> but it's like a romantic comedy of sorts. So it probably could hold up in some way, shape or form. Well, but of course funny. I don't have a digital copy. I only have the printout and yes. the trailer is on like a, you know, a Betamax. Yeah. Or something. Oh my so goodness. You know, yeah. all of these things that would need yeah. to be kind of transferred to something anybody could watch. Well, so. that's fun though. That's really yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was uh, um, I was talking to somebody earlier this morning and she um, she quoted, she made this quote and it took me right back mm -hmm. to my thing that I share with people, which is that I was on Wheel of Fortune. And what she did was she quoted 
the quote that stumped me on Wheel of Fortune. And so oh I'm my God. All right. Yeah. It's so funny. That's and, crazy. I had to tell the story and I thought it was too funny. So I yeah. have secret dreams of Jeopardy, but I don't oh. think I could ever like I can do it on TV. I have a very hard time with the with the test when I take it online. I'm never fast enough. My brain doesn't work as fast as it should. But my old dream used to be who wants to be a millionaire because I think yeah. those are more my speed types of questions. Uh, well I, the one thing I hated about that show was it did take so long to get through the questions I like yes. Jeopardy because it is it's so fast love yes. love love Jeopardy and um but um even even Wheel of Fortune um when you watch it on TV the one I used to want to go on more was um the $25,000 pyramid. pyramid, sure, which is now and 100. I practiced, that's practice, too much pressure. Practice, much pressure. practice and practice and practice that and got all the answers on all of those. But when you're on TV, it's completely different. Yeah. It's did you win Wheel of Fortune? No, of course not. Did you, did so, you win anything? Yes, but it was back in the old days. It was oh. the very beginning of the evening show. Okay. So when the evening show aired, there were three puzzles and then the bonus round. Yeah. And they used to have, this is really taking me back. They used to have um, uh, a a carousel that went around, which showed the gifts, right? Yes. Between the rounds. Mm -hmm. And so for what we saw as contestants was a a little um, assistant producer with a chalkboard pointing to the ones that you were uh, able to win based on on the you had so you weren't really looking at the actual things that were going sure. on so I won the first game I had lost my turn on the second which I knew the answer to but I lost my turn yeah, on yeah. The and the third puzzle was this very long phrase and I was third in line right and uh-huh. um it came to me and I got on a roll and I started getting letters and it, it was starting to come to life and there was one word I was stuck on and we went to commercial. And then when we came back, I, I blurted out the letter, my next letter, which was completely not the right letter. And I lost it. That was it. I would have won a car and $9,000 at that time. That what did you win? I ended up winning like a stupid little television and uh, a rice aroni for a year and a magazine subscription and paint and stuff like that no like, money they didn't no, give you any money no, back then no no right, Cerrone, that is the best. but here's, here's the kicker <laughs> i was in california i lived in canada so they weren't sending it all to me they sent it all to my mother's house so in beverly hills so yeah it was oh, so- um, yeah that's just what a beverly hills mom needs is rice yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well it was i don't know who got that in the end but anyway it was too funny so, That's amazing. I love yeah, that. So lots of fun things that we can talk about, but I'm not good at, I'm going to bring this back around because yeah. um, I'm not good at bringing those stories and telling a story that then becomes say a business lesson. Mm-hmm or something that's where the art comes in and that's what people like you yeah. so well thank you what's yeah. the key what's the key what's the secret how do I make that happen I mean it's not a secret mm-hmm. I think it's just people have to think about the things that they like to do outside of work it's not what you like to do how do you perform those things mm-hmm. so for example let's go back to my Everest person from earlier yeah. You know, I said to her, I said, oh my God, like if you think about what it takes to scale and climb Mount Everest and the type of person that that would have to be, right? You're talking about perseverance, but you're talking about planning, prep, 
outlining strategy, right? Perseverance, my mental, all of the things that need to go into that. And then her job is a lot of these similar things. She has to solve these really big problems. She has to create these really long roadmaps in order to hit these specific metrics. And so, so that's like the perfect correlation. Interesting though, like which would have come first, right? Like her desire to to climb Mount Everest or part of her personality to always, yeah. Yes. I don't think it's a comes first. I think it's a both end. I think, you know, we don't realize because our brains are, they work a certain way. It's not like your brain's going to work one way here and one way here. It's always working the same way. You're just using it for a different approach. Yeah. So, So okay. Most, right. So what most people don't think about is what do I do on the weekends for fun? What's my approach to that? And how do I marry that to how I think? And so it doesn't have to be anything major. So I had a client who collects vintage vinyl, right? So she goes into record stores and she hunts into the bins to look for these records that she wants to collect. She does process improvement and systems and change management. So what kind of visual do you get when you think about those things? You think about somebody hunting for the best ways to improve these processes and systems and that are going to dig for the right answer. Not, it's not a huge leap, but she's now much more memorable than yeah. anybody else who's doing systems and process improvement. Mm. Okay. So. Writing that piece in her about, for example, is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah. yeah, that's how she opens it. She talks uh-huh. about thinking about systems and process improvement, like hunting for a deep cut or a, like in the record store, right? That she's always looking for that next game changer or that next thing. Right. And, you know, it's, that's all it is. And that's most of my clients. It's like, they open up that paragraph, the first paragraph of their bio that is talking about how they think, not just what they do. And it's much more exciting. Okay. For sure. Like you need to put wheel of fortune contestant at the end of your LinkedIn headline. Yeah. That's so interesting to me. Like that's the first thing, the only thing I would ever want to talk about. <laughs> Tell me about your Now entire- I know that we have another thing in common, game shows, right? Game shows. Yeah, exactly. But that's I the see. thing is you don't know who else is going to love game shows. And well, I actually, the connection. I, actually, I don't have it on my headline, but I do use it in one of my outreach messages to people and it works. Okay. Well. And it yeah. starts them talking, but I'll send you my message and you'll see. And, I love that. And it gets okay. people talking. So that's cool. And yeah. Um, yeah. So now I'm going to start thinking about how to, it's about examples. I mean, I love your, the examples you've given because it's about thinking about how to marry those things together. And uh, that's your, that's one of your gifts, obviously, is being able to bring that out of people. I love that. Yeah. Thank you. And there, and most of the time they do it themselves. You know, it's just a prompt, right? It's, we're not reinventing the wheel. You already know. And when you start telling me about this thing that makes you so excited, and then I say, okay, now tell me about work. And then they usually are like, oh my God. And they can make it happen all by themselves. Awesome. Yeah. It's amazing. I'm much better at getting other people to bring out themselves and what they do and, and, uh, and finding those similarities than I am doing it for myself. I remember talking to these two brothers who owned a company together. It was a family business and they each had their role in the business and they were now the principals of that company. And I talked, I did training with each of them separately on their profiles 
and they were different personalities. And, but I was able to bring out like one of them, we, I think started his profile, something about, you know, I always knew I was going to be in, in the family business. I just didn't know it was going to happen this way, you know, Mm -hmm. it pulled out something. And so the other one was completely different. And so I can see that what you're doing and I, what I do are very similar. We just yes. have yeah, different um, points of view to get to the same place. Well, it's a different approach to the same yeah. result yeah. or similar result, which is yeah. what's no, no, no. awesome about it. And that's why I say there's really no quote unquote competition because there's room for all of us because you're going to work with a different type of client than I might. And we're going to have different thought processes. Yeah. And that's yeah. what all of everybody should be doing is thinking about putting more of themselves out there so that they do end up working with the right types of people that they can really enjoy. So um, one last question, and then I'm going to ask you about how people can find you and your uh, interesting bundle that I want to hear a little bit about. So one last question. Um, I haven't been asking this for a while, but I'm just coming back now to asking it to people. So it's my favorite word is curiosity. Um, mm. believe that curiosity is innate or learned and what are you most curious about now so two-part question oh um I definitely believe that curiosity I think it can be learned okay I do I don't it's interesting I'm a very 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 curious person uh, I ask a lot of questions and I I will go to the grave being so grateful for Gretchen Rubin, who wrote oh. this book called The Four Tendencies. Oh, okay. And it talks about four different types of people in the world. And one of them is questioners. Mm-hmm. And my whole life, I just thought I was a pain in the ass because I always <laughs> ask all the questions. Yeah. But it turns out that I am that person that I will do something, but I have to understand why. I'm just so saying, yeah. right? So I'm going to ask all the questions. Yeah. So, but I don't know if that was always an innate curiosity or if it's, maybe it was there and I've just cultivated it more because the older I get, and maybe this is a lot of people, you're just more interested in more things because there's an appreciation maybe for more things, history, how things I don't work. know, the, the asking all those questions for me is like, I want control. I want to know that I'm in, that yeah. I've got, like mm-hmm. stupid thing, like a card game or a board game, if okay. I'm for the first time, I've got to know the rules. My husband okay. said, let's just play. Oh, no, ab- no, no, no. What? Yeah. yeah. Your husband is insane. <laughs> you cannot just play a game. You have to know how it works. You know the rules because you have <laughs> the advantage if you don't know the rules. So that's right. So I think there's some of that too. Right. That's very funny. Yeah. Um, I, um, yes. okay. The pe- people that can just go along with things and not know, Good for you. I don't understand at all. <laughs> I do funny. not understand. All right. And so what are you most curious about these days? What am I most curious about these days? I mean, I'm just, I'm very fascinated by um, people's like purchase habits and what oh. makes somebody okay. buy something or be like, it's, When I think about, you know, as someone who kind of, you know, writes a lot of content and you think about these traditional sales pages for things that are like, you know, a a scroll for a year yeah, and the psychology behind that. And the fact that it is, there is actual evidence that the more stuff that's on there, the more likely people are to buy, which blows my mind that somebody would need that much information. And then, but then there's the people that don't, and it's like, what makes somebody 
instantly buy or instantly feel like this is for them versus the person that needs more and then more and then more. Um, and I think a lot of that just has to go with how we think, right? That it all goes back to vaccination with how we think. Yeah. And, and our personalities, totally. Our yes. Personality. yes, exactly. Okay. I cheated. I'm going to ask one last question. Okay. Um, are you a reader, a listener or a viewer, which is the, yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Love it. That's great. Oh, I mean, so it's interesting, but I'm siloed. So I, I only read actual books. Yes. me too. And I only read a book at night before bed. Yeah. Has to be, like have have real pages. Yeah, I'm an avid podcast listener, as yeah. we talked about earlier. So huge listener, but I also listen to music, but much less so recently because I'm more into the podcasts. <laughs> um, and then what was the other one? Reader, listener, or viewer? Viewer. And then I mean, I watch a lot of TV. I I love art, so I like to go to a lot of museums. So I feel like I do all three things. You and my daughter, we get along really well on that. She does in different ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank okay. You. Tell me lastly yeah. about your bundle and about how people can find you. Yes. So, you know, in my quest to obviously keep helping people put yes. more of their personality into things, you know, you meet people like you who you really get along with and figure that we have um, materials that will go well together. Yeah. So I have a bundle with two other collaborators that's called profit from your personality. And it's an ultimate toolkit to attract and land more clients you'll love working with. Mm -hmm. And the really short is that essentially it's three different pieces. The first piece is my personality light bundle, which will help you figure out who you are and get your positioning clear and build your bio. The second piece is all about infusing that into your headlines and all of your copy. Mm -hmm. And then the third piece is putting that into your proposals so that you wow. are landing these clients mm -hmm. that ideally you want to work with and that you enjoy working with. So and they can, um, people can find that on your website or no, on the prof, profit from your personality. So it's actually at the marketing mentor website. So it's marketing-mentor.com, but I can put, give you the link. You can put it in yeah. the show notes. Okay. I will potentially have a link from it on my website, yeah. but um, okay. yeah. And I have lots of other lovely things. If they want to come to my website too, I always yeah. say, please sign up for my newsletter, which only goes out twice a month and it's, it's very fun though. it's very That's fun. the best way to stay in touch for sure and linkedin of course is where i hang out like you so do you do a linkedin newsletter as well i'm trying to remember sometimes i mean i have a you know the whole like linkedin then gets your ip is a little bit of a not mm -hmm. a sticking point for me because i'm super active there but oh. i really want people to get in i want to be in their inboxes not in linkedin's inbox yeah of course and i feel like again it's all about giving you control of how you get your information so right. i will sometimes post it on linkedin in a newsletter but most of the time i don't okay well thank you again thank you for being thank here you. thank you for your wisdom and uh, uh and your personality cuz i love it it's great and thank you. Uh, thank you again to my audience. You know, I appreciate you. I, if you like what you heard, please leave a review and go and check out Danielle's um, website. She has lots of good um, freebies there and good information and check out her new bundle. Um, Profit from your personality. personality. Right. And uh, again, remember to stay connected and be remembered. 
thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.